We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I'm going to probably have to work on the bumper music on this show. And not that this is a bad song. Not really who I am. <laughs> but that's okay. It's a show without an open anyway. So Eric's just kind of grabbing music and playing it. I'm, I'm not mad at him. I probably should, you know, just say, hey, how about something that's going to kind of fit me a little bit more? Uh, it is going to be uh, John's super short show on a Saturday morning. And I thank uh, Greg and, and uh, Sam for kind of setting us up. Only going to 11.45, so only an hour and 45 minutes. But we'll work in some calls. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on, kind of get you ramped up for the weekend. It's going to be a busy three days here on the radio station. We have Atlanta United tonight. We have the Hawks tonight. Can they make it four in a row? We'll get into that in just a moment here. Uh, then, of course, uh, as mentioned, as Sam and Greg have been talking about, Raheem Morris in the introductory news conference, 2 o'clock on Monday which you'll hear live right here on Sports Radio 92 on the game. And then uh, Terry Fontenot and Raheem are going to be on with Dukes and Bell at 440. So uh, we get a chance to meet the new coach. So here's what's going to happen here. I'm going to go to 1145 today, and you'll forgive me. I have had this darn cold. I don't know if anybody else out there, Eric, or if anybody else out there has had a cold here that's been going around. I guess I guess it's going around town. You know, I don't do much up here at the Northern Studios. You know, go play a little golf and – you know, do shows and work in the yard. I mean, I'm only going to, like, the Wally World and the YMCA and things. I don't know where I got it. But it's, I've had this darn thing for, like, 10 days, and I can't shake it. I, I, I mean, does anybody else at the station have one? I, I don't know. Uh, sir, um, it's been, yes, very prevalent, and uh, the station has had their whole circle of it. And, yeah, it's I feel it for you. I, bought, I fought it for about a month myself, so. Really, a month? Wow, okay, great. Yep. <laughs> it just lingered. Just lingered uh, yeah, and lingered and lingered. Yeah. Uh, great. Wonderful. Hey, you know, I've had it for about 10 days. It's no fun. I mean, it's not going to kill me. It's just it's just no fun. Uh, so we got a, a busy show today till 1145, and then we're going to take you to uh, coverage of uh, number one UConn against St. John's. Oh, by the way, before we get into the Hawks and into uh, this college football thing, which I want to get into today. Uh, college basketball, men's college basketball, uh, is weird. It is, it is so strange and odd this season. Now you, you do have the teams that are obviously kind of at the head of the, you know, this, uh, the number one seeds, uh, Purdue and UConn, they've certainly shown you that, you know, the, you know, Kansas, uh, you know, there are teams that are kind of like the elite teams. I get it. But once you get past two, three, four teams, it's anybody. I mean, it's literally anybody. And the, the, the tournament is going to be whack. I mean, it was whack last year when you got the Creightons and the San Diego States and whatnot. I mean, and then, of course, you got won it. But it, it's anybody. Because today Georgia takes on South Carolina, and Mike White and company, this is a big game for Georgia today. If they, they are outside the bubble here. If they want to make a run here at the end of the year and get into the field of 68, they're going to have to start today. This is a South Carolina team that suddenly finds itself, they're 18-3. and three. You know, they're in second place in the SEC. I mean, this team is, uh, they're doing something. And so South Carolina right now playing its way in 
to the NCAA tournament, maybe playing its way, even though they're not ranked for some reason, maybe playing their way into pretty good spot. Now, Georgia's already beaten them once this year. Can they beat them again? And a big win if they could for Georgia, because right now Georgia's kind of like teetering on the edge of uh, being out of the NCAA tournament. And then there's Georgia Tech, and all Georgia Tech has done, all Georgia Tech has done is beat Duke and beat North Carolina. Okay. There are two teams that have both beaten two top five teams this year and are unranked, Georgia Tech and Nebraska. Nebraska just beat Wisconsin, top six, top five, beat Purdue. Georgia Tech beats Duke and North Carolina. Both are unranked. You'll forgive me for a second. Darn cold. Uh, anyway, um, so it's just whack. I, I don't pretend to understand any of it this year with men's college basketball. Uh, you know, I, I think we all talk about the impact of the NIL and the transfer portal on, on football, but I think we're seeing it in basketball. I, I, I really don't know that there's much a difference between the number five ranked team in the nation on any given day and the number 50 ranked team in the nation. I really don't. Uh, so it's, uh, I think, wild. It's going to be tough for the tournament committee to get it right. They're going to leave some teams out that probably deserve to be in, and the tournament could be a wild, wild ride. All right, to the Hawks last night. How about this? The Hawks, they beat Phoenix and KD. Just a few thoughts here. 129-120, the Hawks win. Now, the Hawks have won three in a row. They're playing tonight. We'll have coverage beginning at 7 o'clock tonight. I'll be hosting the pre- and post-game there alongside Steve Holman. State Farm Arena, game five of the homestand, a homestand that began last week when Luka lit him up for 73 in that record-setting performance. And at that point, the Hawks had lost four in a row, and it's like, oh, my God, you know, I mean, I'm saying they're, you know, they had gotten into the zip code of blowing up. Maybe they get to the city limits of blowing up, and then they turn it around. And I said, you know, they could turn and sure enough, they turn it around. Suddenly they've won three in a row. They're going for four in a row. They had won three in a row, lost four in a row, won three in a row. I think that's just who they are here. But suddenly they're playing pretty good basketball. And last night, you know, Trey Young gets this horse shot, goes mano a mano against KD. Doesn't get the call, which is ridiculous. Makes it over the backboard. <clears throat> Ends up on the night 32 points, 15 re, uh, assists. Hawks win by nine and win their third in a row. Big production from Bogey in the game. Uh, big O was uh, big off the bench as well. And for Trey Young, it, it just goes to point out. You know, sometimes here in Atlanta, I think some people think that I have a conspiracy theory that you know, Atlanta gets kind of crapped on by the national media and by, you know, there's just a lot of, I, I think it's two-pronged. Having worked in New York and L.A., it, it's kind of two-pronged. It's one, New York and L.A. have this kind of like, I don't know, sense about them that they're just bigger than you and bigger than anybody and what happens in New York and what happens in L.A., that's what matters and nobody else, you know, Atlanta is kind of flyover country to them. And you say, well, what's flyover country? That's like Wichita. No, no, no. Atlanta's flyover country to them. And so what happens in Atlanta really doesn't count. It, that's how they view it. Only happens in the Northeast Corridor or only happens in, in, in California, then it counts. If it doesn't happen, any, no, it really doesn't count. And so uh, th- th- there's part of that snootiness of New York and Los Angeles. And, and then there's a- another part of it that is just kind of like spiteful. It's not just snootiness. They just don't like people down here. You know, they just don't. 
There are a bunch of Yankees who, they, uh, you know, elites who, who look at us as, they still think, do you guys have running water down there? Do, they, do we have running water? Eric Slaughter, do we have running water here? Yes, you know, we do. This is indoor yeah. plumbing. Oh, oh it's God. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got electric lights. Yeah, right. Do we have, do we, are, are our roads paved? I mean, I mean, that's what they look. Are, are women, do women wear shoes? I mean, that's, that's, you know, are they barefoot? I mean, that's what they think. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my God. And so Trey Young gets n- no respect. The fact that Trey Young is not in the, not an all-star is an absolute abomination. I mean, it's just a, such a joke as to be laughable beyond words. I mean, it's, it's literally laughable. But then again, it goes, kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, Andrew Jones is not in the Hall of Fame. Total joke. If Andrew Jones played for the Yankees, he would have been in years ago. If Trey Young played for the Knicks or the Lakers, he'd be, oh, Trey Young, oh, my God, he's the greatest in the world. I I mean, right? Dale Murphy is not in the Hall of Fame. And it goes on and on. Matt Ryan does not belong in the Hall of Fame. If you are among those people that think Matt Ryan doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, I got nothing for you, okay? I got nothing. You know, he he blew a 28-3 lead. Oh, yeah, 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 he, that coverage, you know, not stopping the run, you know. God, he missed that one block on himself. Okay. So anyway, uh, we, yeah, there's no respect. So the only way you get respect is to earn it. I mean, you got to go out and win, I guess. I mean, you got to go earn it. I mean, so when the Braves won a World Series, it's like, oh, you know, you guys finally won one down there, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh my! This is why. See, Mets fans, the Mets fans cannot, they can't comprehend at all uh, how the Braves are better than them. It makes no sense to them. You're you're some little pud town between Chattanooga and Macon. I, I'm surprised you have a major league team, and um, I, I hear you have an airport, but I, I'm not sure about. I mean, nobody really lives there, right? I mean, not that Atlanta isn't about what the sixth market, number six market in the country. What approaches seven million people? Besides that, um, you know, Boston thinks it's bad. But we're about even though Atlanta is like far bigger than Boston, you know, and it is Boston. This is my problem. Okay, I'm getting far afield here. But the Trey Young thing brings back up kind of the point here is that we need here in town. This is on us, by the way. We need here in town to once again, we have to demand here that we excel. There's a you know a level of excellence in Boston that they expect and that they get because the fans don't accept anything less that we need to kind of like do here. I, I I don't know how this works, but I think we hold our owners' feet to the fire as best we can. I don't know, but Trey's not an all star. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. So tonight against Jonathan Kaminga, how about this guy Jonathan Kaminga? How about that dude? Whew. And Draymond's back too. By the way, you should know that. State Farm Arena coverage begins at 7 o'clock tonight. Can the Hawks make it four wins in a row? All right, so the big story right now that you may not be um, paying much attention to uh, happened yesterday in uh, college football. It was an announcement by the Big Ten and the SEC about an advisory committee. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Here we go. I'm telling you, here we go. I'll read it to you, and you you tell me. Next, on Sports Radio 92 in the game. Well, Texas is probably flyover. Well, no, I know it is to the New York elite media. Welcome back to the show. John Fricky with you on Sports Radio 92 on the game. All right, so, by the way, to the New York elite media, college college athletics is flyover stuff. Unless it's college basketball and unless it's at Madison Square Garden, which UConn and St. John's are today because, you know, St. John's, you know, where St. John's is. It's, 
it's in New York, so it must be a big deal then. And UConn, they're basically a New York team. So UConn and St. John's, 11.45 this morning, our coverage of the number one team in the nation in a Big East game in this weird, weird year here. So we only have about an hour and a half left, but I do want to open up the phone lines, and I do want to talk to you about a couple of things about uh, about college football. I'm going to throw out kind of the first question here at 404-726-0929. Then I'm going to get into this advisor thing here in a moment and tell you about read ESPN's story and tell you about what I think about it. Uh, one of the things I am kind of curious about is with, with Jimbo Fisher out and with Saban retiring, I, I'm kind of curious as to um, who you think, because Kirby is like, you know, I asked this question on the on the X Twitter the other day, you know, Kirby Smart is now the, you know, he's number one in the, you know, in the nation, but number one in the SEC, just in the SEC, he's the number one head coach now. There's no, you know, no disputing that anymore now that Saban's retired. And I was curious as to, because I couldn't figure out who's number two. Because I think you can make a case for a lot of different coaches to be, now there's there's a gap. I get the gap. You know, and people were answering, well, he's clearly number one. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, But I'm asking who's number two. Well, it doesn't matter. He's clearly number one. Okay. I'm still asking. There's got, there's got to be a number two. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get he's clearly number one. So, but I'm curious, Eric Slaughter, if I ask you, if Kirby's the number one coach in the SEC, which obviously he is, who's the number two coach in the SEC right now? Because you can make a case for about five guys. Um, Because his pedigree, since he's won it somewhere else, I would go with Jimbo Fisher. Maybe well, Lane not, Kiffin, but, but Jimbo? Well, but Jimbo's not, Jimbo's not in the league anymore. He yeah, out. yeah, okay, yeah, well, okay, thank you. So Lane Kiffin? It's Mike Mike Elgo. Yeah, yeah, my, you, can make a, you can make a case for Lane Kiffin. You can make a case for um, – I think for Eli Drinkwitz, based on what Missouri did last year, you can certainly make a case for Brian Kelly at LSU. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, I think Brian people, Kelly. you know, but Lane, Lane, with, with the success he's had as a recent, Lane Kiffin's probably number two. Yeah, now, but you need not now understand too. We're also including Steve Sarkeesian now into the mix because he's here. You know, and, Texas you know, is technically you, in yeah. the SEC at this point. Well, not, not technically, they're in. There's no technical about it. Does it, uh, okay, so, they're yeah. in, but they haven't played an SEC schedule or game yet. So do, doesn't that technically start right. in August? Is yeah, is any uh-huh. of their winter yeah. sports or their spring sports playing SEC schedules? No, they got to finish out the Big Twelve from that standpoint. But I'm not even I'm not even I'm not paying attention to baseball or softball or anything. I'm I'm just paying attention to football. Uh, didn't the SEC win the national championship? Come on now, baseball's a very sparrow sport. In oh, the Big Twelve, in the Big Twelve reigns in softball. Come on, John, give softball and baseball the respect that they're due. Okay, I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm trying to get you a good laugh here on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> no, I know, I, I mean, no, I know because but there are a lot of people who say that. I mean, we've had this discussion before about softball and baseball, and and look, they're big sports, <clears throat> no question. With Oklahoma, with what Oklahoma does in softball, they dominate any sport. Just like I mean, I mean, what's the volleyball team that never loses? Your team, Nebraska, is pretty good, but Penn State, Nebraska, well, what Oklahoma does in fast fit softball is mind boggling, just mind boggling. And I'm a big, you know, I'm a college umpire for softball, so it just it just blows my mind to see what they do. Yeah, no, I mean, and they were like by what, what sixty one and one or something last year, and then of course their star pitcher left, and she transferred to Nebraska um, because that's where she's from. So she's trust me, they'll reload, there. they'll reload. I'm, I'm sure they will. I mean, and, but anyway, that's okay. That's got nothing to do with nothing here. We're only talking about football here, 
And the reason we're only talking about football, and this is no slam against basketball or softball or baseball or anything else. Football is the big dog. And so it is the big dog. It is such the big dog that we're going to get super conference. Now, little back, little back story here before I, I read into this. I had told um, one of the uh, people here on the air a number of years ago um, whose initials, uh, one of the hosts here, whose initials are John Chuckery, that we're going to go to a 12-team playoff. And he's like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, we're going to stay at four. And he and I had this big to-do on the air. We were doing a show together I said, five or six years ago. And I was like, John, this is not, you know, ah, you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm like, no, okay, all right. Well, what, what happened, right? And I said, by the way, we're going to go into another round of massive uh, you know, changes to uh, teams uh, leaving conferences and, and realignment. No, that's not going to – realignment has always happened, okay? In college athletics, this is the backstory here. In college sports, realignment has always taken place, okay? It's been, it's been taking place for forever, since the dawn of college athletics, okay? The, the, the Missouri Valley, the original Missouri Valley Conference, changed its name in like the 40s to the Big Six, okay? Then the Big Six added a team and became the Big Seven. Then the Big Seven added a team and became the Big Eight. Then the Big Eight added four teams and became the Big 12. And then the Big 12 lost a couple of teams and played with 10, even though they were 12. And then they lost a couple more teams but added more in, and they're going to have 14, and they're still the Big 12. That, it's been going on forever, South Carolina used to be in the SEC. Georgia Tech used to be in the SEC. Georgia Tech used to be in something called the Metro Conference. Anybody out there, any Tech fans remember the Metro Conference? I do, because when I first started in this business in 1979 at WGST, I was producing Georgia Tech for Al Seraldo, the great legendary Al Seraldo. One of the first things I had to do was run the board, Eric Slaughter, for Georgia Tech basketball in 1979 for Al Seraldo. Georgia Tech. I mean, I, I, that's what I had to do. I mean, it was back in the days of Eddie Lee Ivory and Sammy Drummer and, you know, and back before Bobby Kremens. And uh, so I, I ran the board for Georgia Tech. How, how long did you have that? Because if you got into the early 80s, you might have saw a young man named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Did you have three years? No, no, I only did that <clears throat> for a year. Oh, man, you got close. You got close. Well, well, I was going to all the games anyway, so, okay. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't see Jordan. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking about. you got to tell me yeah. about that another day, another time. Well, I mean, I worked at CNN. I mean, we're across the street. <laughs> we, we went to every Georgia Tech game. Are you kidding me? I went to every, every Georgia Tech game. I was there when, you know, uh, Ralph Sampson got spit on by Lee Goza. <laughs> and I, I knew Lee Goza's dad, who was one of my coaches at DeKalb College, <laughs> Coach Goza. Neither here nor there. Back in the Morrison years. All right, so um, uh, pre-Bobby Kremens. And when they they hired Bobby Kremens out of Appalachian State, and people said, who? Who? Guy did a pretty good job, huh? Anyway, so change always happens to college athletics. It's a never-ending change. The Metro Conference that Georgia Tech was in in 1978-79, when I first started doing the games for, uh, you know, running the board for Al, that was like Georgia Tech and South Carolina and Florida State. Tulane was in the league. I think Cincinnati and Louisville were in the league. Uh, Virginia Tech may have been in the league. Uh, maybe Memphis. I, I don't really remember it so long ago. Uh, but, you know, those that was the Metro Conference. The Metro Conference long gone, okay? And then Georgia Tech eventually was able to join the ACC. 
so Georgia Tech went from the SEC to the to an independent to the Metro Conference. I think back to an independent, and then to the ACC. I, I could I could have that wrong, and, and if I do down on the flats, you know, forgive me. But it's close, okay. And by like 1981 or 82, I don't know if there was an independent year between the the Metro Conference, you know, falling apart and Georgia Tech joining the ACC. But you know, by like 81, Georgia Tech's in the in the ACC, right? And so when Georgia Tech had an opportunity seven eight years ago when it popped up on the radar to possibly go to the Big Ten and there were these rumors about Georgia Tech going to the Big Ten, I was on the radio saying Georgia Tech needs to – they need to call uh, Chicago and say, we're in. We're in. But, you know, the Big Ten wanted the Atlanta TV market. They could see where it was headed. They they liked Georgia Tech. There was some room. I, I said, you got to call and you got to get in. And, and then when the Florida State lawsuit happened, because there are two triggers – to what's about to take place in college, well, three. The first trigger is it was always going to happen. But the the two triggers that happened recently that are going to spur everything kind of moving forward, the Florida State lawsuit, okay, and then this Tennessee NIL thing that happened last week, which is an utter, utter joke. It's an utter joke from the NCAA. You may hate Tennessee, that's fine, don't care. But you have to look at what, what they're trying to do to Tennessee based on NIL of 10 years ago or something and realize that it's an utter joke. And Tennessee has every right. They filed the lawsuit for all the right reasons. And Tennessee is 100% correct on this. It's like, butt the hell out, NCAA. What the heck are you doing? It's like the NCAA would say, how can we destroy ourselves with the football powerhouses? Oh, let's go after Tennessee for something that happened a decade ago that has nothing to do with today. And that's, by the way, legal. What? What are you doing, Indianapolis? It's like the stupidest thing. So those two triggers, and then, of course, it was always going to happen, which is the third trigger here, to Super Conference. So I told Chakra, I said, by the way, we're going to go to a Super Conference. He's like, no, we're not going to have a Super Oh, yes, we Well, what do you know? Hey, <laughs> yesterday, it pops. Here's like Ian Rappaport and uh, I don't know what Rappaport, but all the college guys, Dennis Dodd and all these people. Hey, look at this. The Big Ten and the SEC, they're going into cahoots. Well, what do you know? What do you know? I'm like, yeah, it was always going to happen. It was always going to happen, and it's going to happen faster than you think. I said it's going to happen in two years. I still think it could be two years, but it could happen after this year. There could be only one year. There literally could be one year of Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC. And then it's all kind of gone again. Because what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to join forces, and I'll read the story. I don't have time to read the story before the break here. I'll read it to you afterwards. They're going to join forces. I'll, just kinda, I'll skip to the end here. The Big Ten and the SEC are going to join forces. They're going to come to an agreement, shake hands, and then they're going to sit down in Nashville or Indianapolis, probably Nashville, and they're going to say, okay, how do we want to structure this? How many teams do we want? Right now they have 34. I'm going to guess they want 48, maybe 56 maximum. And they're going to look at like Notre Dame, and they're going to say, Notre Dame, we're making Super Conference. You're going to join us. No, no, we're not going to join you. We're going to keep our own thing. Okay, that's fine. But if you don't join us, guess what? You're going to be in Tier 2, okay? Well, we want to be in your playoff. No, no, you're not going to be. Only the 48 or 56 teams are going to be in the playoff. And if you don't join one of our divisions here, you're out. They're going to finally force Notre Dame to join. They're going to say, look, you're either in or out. There's no independent thing here. You're going to be in a division. You can keep your stupid TV deal. 
You know, I mean, I don't know why Notre Dame wants to keep its TV deal. It makes no sense to me. Well, John, they make a lot of money. Really? Notre Dame's TV deal with uh, NBC is for $60 million a year. $60 million a year. Do you know Northwestern's new deal? And Rutgers and Indiana down the road and Purdue down the road. I know how much. is going to be worth $100 million even, a year. I've right. heard you say that a few yeah. times. Yeah. So Notre Dame's going to make less. Uh, okay. Then you Rutgers do, you do in you, football. Notre Dame. In football. Right. <laughs> then Purdue. Then Purdue. In fo- you, know, you, you, you do you, Notre Dame. You do, you do whatever you want to do, Notre Dame. Okay. So, and the meeting is now, the, the story is the meeting is now going to happen. The meeting is the beginning. It's a formality. It's a formality. We are headed to super conference. Florida State is going to weasel its way out either through some way or another out of the ACC. And if you're, my, my final point before I read you the story is, I, I really hope that Georgia Tech is paying attention here. If you are down, you know, if you are Jay Bat and you are down on the flats, you need to be on the phone to Chicago. you got to be raising your hand. You need to sign on to the Florida State lawsuit and say we're out because the ACC is about to turn into Pac-12 East, and there's nothing Jim Phillips can do about it. But don't get left behind because Duke and Wake Forest might get left behind, and they'll be in Tier 2. All right, I'm going to read you this story next and uh, kind of break it down for you where we stand with this because Super Conference is coming your way faster than even I thought it might on Sports Radio 92 in the game. All right, so it's a story that popped in the media yesterday, and, and I think some people just because it's of the nature of the story, their eyes gloss over and they go, all right, you know, it's it's some meeting between a bunch of guys in suits over here. It has nothing to do with, you know, who my quarterback is going to be or who the preseason number one team is going to be or, you know, the actual games themselves. Well, but it has everything to do with it because it's about the future of college football. Now, now, how this is eventually going to work out is going to be fascinating for all of us to watch. We have had constant change in college athletics over the, since the, you know Princeton started playing football against Rutgers back in 1878 or whatever. There's always been constant change. We know that. And the biggest change coming is going to be the breakaway. The NCAA apparently decided that it didn't want to govern major college football anymore because it can't. I mean, it just, it's, it's beyond the scope of what Indianapolis can do. And the SEC and the Big Ten are like, okay, you know, enough of this. You know, uh, this is – and Florida State knew it. That's why Florida State said, hey, Grant rights, we're out, we're out, we're suing, we're out, we got to get out. And the only question becomes now with the SEC and the Big Ten is how many teams are they going to take with them? Currently there are 34 teams, 18 in the Big Ten, 16 in the SEC. Are they going to take another 14 teams and go to 48? Are they going to go to 50? Look, somebody's going to get left out. Are they going to go to 56? How many teams are they going to take? And then once they do, they can merge back in. And this whole thing about the idea of USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington being in the same conference and having to play conference games against Rutgers and Maryland will kind of go away because they'll just reorganize the divisions. You know, if you have, for example, if you have um, 56 teams, you could do, you know, seven, eight team divisions, right? And, And it would be more like, you know, okay, more regional. And, and they'll split it back up again, 
and it, it'll make more sense. Now, okay, I'm in a division now, so it'd be like that. Now, I know some fans are like, well, this is uh, going to turn into like a mini NFL. <clears throat> as opposed to what? It's been a mini NFL forever. <laughs> okay? It's been, it's been a mini NFL as long as I know. But, all right, you do you. Here's the story here, and I'm going to add a couple of things into it. This is ESPN's big story today, front page. The Big Ten and SEC have formed a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors to, quote, address the significant challenges facing college athletics, unquote. In other words, form super conference because you guys can't handle it. They want to, it goes on, address the significant challenges facing college athletics and how to improve the student-athlete experience. In other words, not have the NCAA come in here and threaten Tennessee with lawsuits because for something that happened whenever, and Tennessee's got to, and Virginia have to sue the NCAA, which is, this whole thing is stupid. Back to the story uh, on ESPN. Sources have told ESPN that Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti and SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey have been working closely together more than their predecessors had, which, by the way, I just have to stop and think that, yeah, that's true. Mike Slive and Jim Delaney, the two, Mike Slive, SEC, Jim Delaney, Big Ten, they, 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 they were like, oh, where were the Big Ten? Oh, where were the SEC? Okay, and then they would fight. Uh, that uh, Sankey and Petiti have been working closely together more than their predecessors had at a time when conference expansion has further separated their leagues from the other FBS conferences. The SEC will welcome Oklahoma and Texas this summer. The Big Ten will add Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA from a Pac-12 that is on the verge of extinction. It's not on the verge of extinction. It dead, okay? I think it's dead. Does it look dead to you? This is like Jeepers Creepers 2. Does it look dead to you? Looks dead to me. It's dead. The Pac-12 isn't on the verge of extinction. It's dead, okay? The advisory group was formed in reaction to, quote, recent court decisions, <coughs> pending litigation, Tennessee, and a patchwork of state laws and complex government pro- governance proposals, grant of rights, according to the Big Ten's news release. The Big Ten and SEC have substantial investment in the NCAA, and there's no question that the voices of our two conferences are integral to the governance and other reforms. That's lawyer speak, okay? That's lawyer speak. Yes, they're not leaving the NCAA. The NCAA, Big Ten and the SEC will stay in the NCAA for myriad of sports. They'll stay in the NCAA for men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, track and field, volleyball, you know, for a lot of things, okay? Hockey, you name it, whatever they're in. Whatever sport, wrestling, whatever sport you got going on. They're going to stay in the NCAA, except for that top-level football. And they're going to break away from the NCAA, you know, to do other efforts and reform efforts. And those reform efforts are, so we make the rules governing NIL, size and scholarship limits, you know, uh, periods where you can recruit, uh, playoffs, uh, television contracts, all the like, right? Okay. Petiti, the head of the Big Ten, commissioner of the Big Ten, said in a statement, and this is a, the kind of the, the, the crux of the last part of the ESPN story. He said, quote, We recognize the similarity in our circumstances, Big Ten and SEC, as well as the urgency to address the common challenges we face. The urgency being, yeah, we're probably going to have USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten for a year. And you're probably going to have Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC for a year. And then we're going to merge. 
and we're going to become one big happy family, and we're going to tear up the television contracts, and we're going to make even more money because we're going to redo all the television contracts and split into divisions. And the only question becomes now, how fast does it happen? And if Petiti's saying the urgency, I think it's sooner than later. I think it's two years maximum. It may be as soon as next year. And they'll rip up the television contracts, redo all of them, split into divisions. This is why Florida State needs to get out. And they get out, they got to get out now because I don't know how many teams they're going to take beyond the 34. Let's say they take 14, okay? So if they're going to take 14 teams, start thinking about how many teams are going to want to raise their hand to go to 48. Because they, they want to limit it at some point to, to maximize the television dollars per, you know, per school. You know, you, can't, you don't want to you know, stretch it out too thin here. And so 40, let's say they only go to 48. That means they're going to add 14 teams. Well, how many teams in the ACC do they – well, at Florida State, that's one. Clemson, two. Miami, three. North Carolina, four. NC State, five. Virginia, six. Virginia Tech, seven. Georgia Tech, eight. Oh, there's Notre Dame, nine. What about the big uh, 12? Well, there's Baylor, 10. Kansas, uh, 11. Kansas State, 12. Colorado, 13. Arizona, 14. Arizona State, 15. Oklahoma State, 16. See, somebody's going to get left out if it's only 48. See how that works? So you got to go now if you're Georgia Tech. You, you can't wait. The, the commissioner of the Big Ten, soon to be the, you know, and Petiti's kind of brand new, so Sankey becomes the czar, the commissioner of the new thing here. Petiti says, we recognize the similarity in our circumstances, and he's not just talking about the Big Ten and, and the SEC. He's talking about the powerhouses that are kind of in the other leagues too, at the top of the uh, Power Five here. And he says, as well as the urgency to address the common challenges we face. In other words, we got to get this done. Okay, we got to break away, we got to do it soon, and we got to come up with our own rules, have a big meeting, you know, all meet at the Opryland Hotel in Nashville and have this gigantic conference where we decide what the rules are going to be. And that's what's going to happen. And you have to wrap your brain around it. It's this is not a story where the Big Ten and SEC have formed a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors to, quote, address the significant challenges facing college athletics. Okay, that's not them sitting around going, you know, I have to take a little toke on my pipe here. Uh, did, did, would you have a little brandy? Uh, we should explore the... No, that's not what this is. This is, all right, guys, sit down, roll up your sleeves. We're getting this done now. That's what this is. I'm telling you, that's what this is. They're going to break away just for elite football. And if you're Duke or Wake Forest, yeah, okay, suddenly Duke and Wake Forest are going to be in a football uh, league. They may be in the Sun Belt or the ACC may stay and say, let's say they lose half a dozen teams, they'll still have Syracuse, they'll still have Boston College, Duke, Wake Forest, they'll still have some teams. They'll say, we're going to have an ACC football league, and we're going to invite schools in to the ACC. We're going to invite uh, Georgia State. We're going to invite, you know, Georgia Southern and Appalachian and, you know, uh, James Madison and, and, you know, Marshall. And they'll still play ACC football just on a level below, okay, just on a level below what the, the superpowers are doing. That's all. And they'll still have their own, by the way, they'll still have their own playoff. And it'll be a good one because that level now that you consider to be FCS is about to get an infusion of really big schools. I mean, Cal and Stanford, which just joined the ACC, may be in that level below. And, and, and schools like that, Duke and Wake Forest, oh, you mean we don't have to have 85 scholarships anymore? We can go down to like 60 or 55? Yeah, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do that. You're going to get some big-name schools. All, all the service academies are going to drop Army and Navy and Air Force, and suddenly you're going to have an elevated FCS. Do you follow? Okay. That's what's going to happen. So a couple of questions here. Are you ready for it? Because it's going to happen fast. And uh, I am curious, as it regards this year, 
who you think the number two coach is in the SEC behind Kirby Smart? Because I've been trying to figure this. It's another thing. I've been trying to figure it out. And I was asking Eric Slaughter. I'm asking you at 4472609929. Is it Sark? Is it Heupel? Is it Drinkwitz? Could it be Hugh Freeze? I mean, is it is it Kiffin or is there like a ceiling at Ole Miss? Uh, you know, I mean, who, who's the number two coach in the SEC right now? I'm, I think it, I'm going to answer the question only because I, I'm asking you, so I'll answer it first. I think, I think it's Brian Kelly. Okay, I think that's who it is, but I could be wrong. I know it's not Napier. Okay, that I know. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Here we go. Josh is uh, first up here. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, John, great show today, man. Um, outstanding. I've been listening to you for a long time. So, you know, the one thing I wanted to say was, um, you know, when you bring up the NCAA, right, and I think that – and I think about it as an athlete, the difference between education and athletics, right, and, and, and getting paid money, right? So the NCAA is no joke. I just think they're outdated. I, I don't think they understand that the true system – of capitalism and i feel like if the ncaa worked more like the nfl where you have a true tournament right people get paid and i know it sounds crazy because you're getting an education at the same time that's sort of the 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 dichotomy right of where um things kind of you know kind of you know meet and butt heads right so are we gonna give them education we're gonna pay them money um I say accept it for what it is. Let it work out. You talked about a super conference. Hey, listen, if that's the way that it ends up going, let it go that way, you know, and the money's going to flow where it goes, and that's, you know, just kind of, I don't know. You know, I work at my job, and I don't get, you know, um, any sort of credits for, you know, being an athlete or a student, but there is a a headbutting that happens there, I guess, if that makes any sense. Well, I, I, a couple of things, Josh. I, I, let me ask you this. The reason I said the NCAA is a joke is that I, I think w- to, all too often we've seen them try to enforce things that are ridiculous, right? Sure. All right, so this te- this Tennessee thing is outrageous. And you may not you, – you're not a Tennessee I, fan I, by I, any chance, I, are you? I totally agree with you 100% on that. Okay, yeah, so, I say it's – it, it, it doesn't it, matter. It's, it's almost stupid. <laughs> It, but no, it, it is stupid. It's a joke. It, it's so bad. And Tennessee is so right. And everybody should be back in Tennessee. By the way, Florida State, everybody should be back in Florida State. No offense, Jim Phillips and the ACC. That, you know, Florida State's going to get out of the ground. I completely agree. But listen, okay. like Herschel so the, Walker didn't get a Trans Am at the – and I'm not saying that I know that. Right. But I'm just saying, like, college players have been getting paid for years. Like, we all know well, I'll, I'll get Well, I'll give you the example here. But how do you CNN regulate said, it? Well, okay, so CNN sends me to Dallas when SMU, for those of you who don't remember, SMU had a football oh, program that got the death penalty, <laughs> yeah. 1982 Pony Express. Okay, they were cheating like crazy, okay, and they got Eric caught. Eric Dickerson, yep. Yeah, yeah, Eric Dickerson, Craig James, uh, they got caught, Lance McElhenney. They got caught, and they got put on uh, the death penalty. Only, you know, only basketball, there was one other team that got, uh, Tulane, I think. But I think Tulane self-imposed on the John Hot Rob Williams their, their, their death penalty. But the NCAA sure. banned yep. SMU for a year and then and, and SMU banned itself for another year uh, for cheating. And so I, I go in and CNN sends me there for a week to do this investigative story as to what, what happened. So I spent a week at yep. Dallas and I finally get up one of the boosters uh, from who's a uh, uh, one of the boosters. There were nine boosters who were banned and he was 
the Music Bank president in Plano. I finally get him to come on camera with me. I did work a whole week, so he comes on camera with me because he's so mad at the University of Texas because the Dallas Morning News sports staff is all Texas Longhorns, and so they, they hated the fact that SMU had gone sure. to number one, so they attacked him. And so he said, if the cheating's as bad at Texas and Oklahoma as it is at SMU, and they don't call us out. And he looks at me and he says, hey, so I go into the locker room after the uh, Cotton Bowl, and I sit down with uh, the number one recruit in the nation, and I offer him $50,000 in cash to come to uh, play for us. And he looks at me right. and he says, Oklahoma's offered me 100000 And I say, I, I, can't, uh, I can't match that. You have to go to Oklahoma. That athlete was Brian Bosworth. So that was I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No. that's 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 nineteen eighty two. Okay, forty one years ago. That was that, okay. Yeah. That's what I we're mean, talking. I'm only forty seven, so I was six years old when that was happening. You know, and and, and um, now you bring up a great point. And, and the thing is, is listen, at some point you have to realize it's a business. It's a freaking business when you're pulling in all the money that some of these major universities are for their football programs. And let's just talk about football, not even the other sports, right? Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, even Auburn. You know, you could go down the list. Clemson, South Carolina. Um, you got to get these guys on contracts. And and that's just the way I kind of look at it from – but, no, you're right, man. I'm 100% right on with you today, John. It's a great show, dude. I appreciate you. Thanks, Josh. I mean, technically, uh, you know, the scholarship is a contract. Um, and the only reason that the NCAA came out about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and it said, hey, listen, what if we paid the athletes? The NCAA said that. What if we made them employees? The NCAA said, hey, guys, what?" in a desperate attempt to hang on to this, okay? The only problem with making them employees, I want you to understand the only problem. The only problem with making them employees is because is union. And what happens then, boys and girls? What ha- oh, strike. Can, can, can you imagine college football players going on strike? Oh, oh my God. No, that, no, no. Please, no. Bad enough when the NFL does. Quick break and uh, take you to 1145 UConn St. John's and Atlanta United follows that against Memphis and uh, Hawks and Golden State. Tonight, busy day on the radio station on Sports Radio 90 to the game. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.